and welcome back to the Under Pressure Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jake Barker. Now, if you're watching this on uh, on YouTube, you will see that I'm sitting in my car. I haven't quite got home from work, so that's my own fault. But we will still push on. Just wanted to thank all of you for tuning in and listening once again as well. Everything's been going great guns now in, uh, in year three of the podcast. Now, on today's show, our guest was drafted number 30 in 2002 National Draft. Played 200 games for the Brisbane Lions between 2003 and 2016, accumulating 70 goals in that time. Dan Merritt, welcome to the Under Pressure podcast. Thank you, mate. Uh, Thanks for having me aboard and, um, yeah, excited to have a chat. No worries, mate. Now, always, I I tend to do this. I always like to begin the show with what are you you doing at the moment? What what, uh, what are you doing post-footy? Yeah, always interesting um, post footy um, to to kind of get yourself sorted again after um, after a career in professional sport. Um, I'm back at the Brisbane Lions. Obviously, I'm decked out at the moment to give the the sponsors a bit of a plug, and that's the kind of area I'm in. So I'm in the commercial team at the Brisbane Lions, which look after the corporate hospitality, which is corporate boxes, signage, and sponsorship. So um, it's any like footballers out there wanting not knowing what they want to do when they retire it's a good it's a good place to be in um i pretty much spend all my day talking footy um that's pretty awesome. much to, <laughs> to supporters so um, yeah. and sponsors and in the middle of, i'm meant to sell sell a few things here and there but um i don't know about you you jake but i'm like nothing worse than than a hard seller or one of those um <laughs> yep. old school car salesmen or real estate <laughs> agents that put the pressure on you so i true. can't stand those guys so um i'm definitely not a hard seller it's, it's more um yeah just having having a chat building a relationship and then if the um if the person's interested in buying and um it works for, for both parties so um yeah that's that's what i'm up to at the moment oh wonderful how, so just before we move on how did you get into that like, did you have a passion for it previously or? No. So I think when I left high school, um, what did you want to be when you grew up? I had no idea. And then I was lucky enough that football became a thing. I did that for 14 years and I left football not knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up. So um, I, to, be, to be honest, I was a little bit lost when I retired. Um, and I did a little bit of coaching, a little bit of commentary, a little bit of radio. Um, but then a good friend of mine, David Lake, um, owns tribal sport and yeah he offered me a job um, to come work for him in sales and I, I said mate I'm not a salesman like I'm not <laughs> I can't sell anything yeah and um, but yeah by working at tribal again uh, I've probably learned the skill of that being able to build a relationship with someone and their trust and then if um, there's a transaction there then um, it works for both parties so I did that um, for a couple of years in, this, in selling sports apparel to, yeah. to local footy clubs and schools. And oh, yeah. it's a tough gig. Yeah, it's a yeah. tough gig. Um, the, the sports apparel, um, mainly because there's so many things that can go wrong, um, whether it's the sizing, the colours, the names <laughs> on the back. And generally, I mess them all up. So um, <laughs> after a couple of years, I, I wanted to get back into footy. And then luckily enough, there's a, a sales job going in the commercial team. So I joined that two years ago. Um, and then, yeah, um, COVID hit and, um, yeah, I've, I've been in the middle of doing this for a couple of years, but um, hopefully, fingers crossed, this year it all goes smoothly and we get capacity crowds back at the Gabba. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, make, probably made your job a little bit 
I don't know, would it make it harder or easier with obviously with no one coming, it might be a little bit more difficult or yeah, there was a there was a little bit of um it it, it was easier because like you said, I, I got to learn all the systems and everything without actually selling to anyone. Um yeah, but then there was the there was the um once we started to get a little bit of a crowd, yeah, allowing for COVID capacities, um and then yeah, change of um change of games and then also um yeah we we're lucky enough to have the grand final um while i was working so um that was a pretty cool experience and yeah we, we got to sell that at the gabba so yeah it's been been a good couple of years and fingers crossed um i've been lucky because if i if i was doing my job when i was playing geez it would have been tough work because we didn't win too many games yeah. at, the, at the moment um i'm lucky that the boys are actually um in good form which makes They're my fine, job super yeah. easy yeah, yeah it, they pretty much sell themselves so um even though i'm in sales i i don't actually sell anything uh i just pretty much take, <laughs> take orders um but yeah definitely thankful that um i'm not doing my job when i was playing that's for sure yeah, no, definitely. And good to be back at the club, I'm guessing as well. So yeah, it's always 100%. fun. Now we'll get in, we'll get into a bit of it. Now, early days, I, I don't know if this is, if this is correct. Were you a keen, were you a rugby player early on? Did you play a bit Sorry, of rugby mate. growing up? No, you're right. I did. I did. Um, I grew up in Queensland and um, as every kid in Queensland, um, you know, t- t- 20 years ago, um, everyone played rugby league. So I grew up playing rugby league um, till about the age of 13 when uh, you hit puberty uh, and everyone else grew and I didn't. And I should just get absolutely smashed um, playing rugby just and just destroyed every weekend, um, just getting tackled. And then one game I actually got knocked out um, and split my chin open. And that kind of that kind of rocked me a bit as a 13-year-old. Um, and, yeah, I... Um, I ended up stopping playing rugby league and then, yeah, I got into playing touch football and volleyball because my high school, uh, the two non-contact sports, my high school had sports excellence. And then, so touch football and volleyball all the way through high school. And then it was only in year 12 that I got into AFL and that was basically, uh, there's a local footy club across the road from my school pretty much and Service Paradise Footy Club and all my mates actually played, but I never, I just never got into it. And then they were short, so I joined in. And um, yeah, literally eighteen months later, I got drafted. <laughs> that's that's insane. Man. When you just look at it like that, eighteen months you don't didn't really play, and then eighteen months later you're in the, the professional system. So, it, um, did you get did you have any injuries prior to, to getting drafted early, or even even when you were um, playing rugby or anything like that? Was there any major things? Yeah, nothing major. Like I reckon I. I twisted my knee a couple of times. Um, and then before I got drafted, I ended up getting an arthroscope on it um, because it, it it was just playing up before I got drafted. But, yeah, with the non-contact sports, yeah, I just never um, really got all that injured, um, luckily, and kind of stayed out of trouble. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of an eye-opener as soon as I started playing AFL. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon pretty much every season um, – yeah, you're due for an injury of some sort. Um, so it was probably getting used to that. And, and yeah, just the process of that, um, yeah, doing rehab and, um, yeah, going through that whole, whole being disciplined and, yeah, getting yourself back out there. 
Yeah, for sure. Now, take if you can remember, take us through the. Do you remember your first sort of, even just minor or major, whatever it was, injury when you when you first got to the club and to, and go through that process that you, you were just talking about before about the rehab and, and sort of being disciplined. Yeah. And so probably my first major injury um, was a bit of an odd one where I got uh, wasn't so much. Um, a th- Oh, it is a, probably a physical injury, but I ended up getting glandular fever in my second year. Um, and to the point where I missed my whole second year of football, um, just because I was so fatigued. Um, and every time I tried to come back to training and being Queensland as humid as it is, it used to just zap, <laughs> zap me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not an, an endurance athlete whatsoever. So I'm, I can join I, you there. Um, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm all all power, so I'm all short bursts, um, explosiveness, yeah. and and I love that um, with it, that sort of training. So um, obviously AFL requires a fair bit of endurance. So mm. yeah, I I did work on that a, a fair bit, but I I just was never good at it. So um, when I had glandular and trying to come back, just that fatigue, um, it just went went on and on um, for so long, and there's a little bit of the. I just rest and, and you'll be right. And I, I think that went on for about six months. I was like, I don't, I don't think this is um, working. So yeah. that was kind of, that was in my second year at the club. So um, yeah, it, that as a young guy wanting to be out there and impress your teammates, impress your coaches and try and play football to be pretty much um, bedridden for, for about um, six months. Yeah. It obviously was, was pretty challenging. And I think that probably started how I thought of injuries um, and particularly during rehab where there's always another way. Um, and my, I probably annoyed my physios and doctors uh, a lot by doing this, but I always thought, okay, that's um, go see the doctor, go see the physio. That's their opinion on, on getting um, your rehab done. Uh. But I always thought there's always more you can do. So yes, they'll give you a program. And they'll and they'll give you um, some exercises to do, no matter what the injury. But I always, I always just thought there's always more that I could be doing, and so I always ask more questions. I just kept asking questions: What else can I do? What else can I do? And then, um, even outside the club, um, and probably at times it got me uh, it got got me in trouble with our club staff, where <laughs> I'd, I'd go to people outside the club. Um, and get their advice and and then that would obviously annoy uh, a few people internally which um fair enough but i suppose i was just um yeah that determined to make sure i was doing everything possible to to get myself right and yeah in the end it it was my career so it was my body so if i was um yeah putting my career or my body in someone else's hands um yeah, it's probably a little bit controversial. It was like I definitely meant no offence by it, but I just wanted to make sure I was doing everything possibly I could. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I treated every every injury that I, that I ever got where it was just like there's always more you could do. And I suppose that was in training as well and the way you prepared yourself for games is mm. that, yep, there's the, there's the base which you can do, which you get from – your coaches, um, but there's always extras you can do um, that you can find, that you can ask questions and and that, yeah. And I just had that, um, probably that determination to do that 
just so I can, I probably so I can sleep easy at night, knowing that I've <laughs> that I've I've got the best out of myself in, in yeah. every asset. Mm. Um, I and I probably I I liked being I got a real kick out of being professional. I think I'd won the most professional award um, a couple of times at the club, but I got a really really kick out of it to say. Um, like I wasn't, I wasn't the most fittest guy. I wasn't the most <laughs> skillful. But if I could be the most professional, um, mm. then you know, I I could go on the field on the weekend knowing that I've, I've given myself the best chance to perform. And um, yeah, I used to get a real kick out of that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, then and that's a part of it, as you said. Being professional is is a part of being an athlete that people look up to and different things like that. And obviously, even kids would look like kids over the fence that said the professionalism even off the field and, and whatnot, it really does make a, a difference. And as well as uh, um, with your injuries there, um, did you, did you learn to be that like sort of that d- disciplined early on or was it something that you gradually learned or were you just always disciplined from the beginning? Yeah, mate, I think being disciplined was something that I just always had to be. And to be honest, when thinking back, I remember at a sports awards night in high school, um, we had one of the local iron men come down. Um, and he always, I remember him saying like, if you want to succeed, um, in anything you want to be, you're going to have to sacrifice. So yeah. it's something that always, um, rang true to me where it was like, if I want to be, if I want to succeed, I, I knew I had to sacrifice and that would have been, going out on weekends, um, what I ate, um, yeah, doing stuff like I'm, I'm from the Gold Coast, so I used to enjoy enjoy surfing and skating and that sort of thing. And I just I knew like that wasn't the best for um, my recovery. So, yeah, it was just little things like that that I just knew I always had to be um, disciplined in, in the way I went about it. And it was kind of always felt like it gave me an edge as well where in professional sport you're not only competing against your opponents but you're competing against your teammates as well to to earn a spot in the team so it was just yeah something you know that I could control and a a lot of a lot of stuff in in sport particularly in professional sport it's like you can can dwell over you know are we going to win tonight or you, you can dwell on the umpire's decisions and all this stuff that you can't control but uh, yeah i just always held one of those things about things i can control um in in sport is, is the way i prepare myself and, and how disciplined i was so that's something i really focused on yeah it sounds like like it put you in good stead right throughout your career it sounds like that's sort of that advice was really good for you to hear early on so then you could sort of carry it um right through and you could use it for your entire career. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's amazing now, like all the athletes now, boys and girls, um, they're all so disciplined. Like it, it's crazy the amount of work they put in um, off the field. Probably when I first started in 03, there wasn't super, like there was super <laughs> professional guys like Michael Voss and Simon Black, Jason Ackermanis, or like all that crew. But there was also yeah the the guys i kind of got drafted with there was a few there uh, a few of the younger guys that were pretty pretty loose so um don't go naming yeah. names <laughs> no no i definitely <laughs> won't but hang, hanging around those guys wasn't wasn't um 
yeah, probably wasn't beneficial for my career. But yeah, um, yeah, it was it was young guys being young guys, and um, yeah, I think I got a um, I got a real real kick out of um, a real kick out of yeah being being the most disciplined out of that younger crew for sure. No, nah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, nah, it's good to see. And obviously something for the senior guys to sort of look at as well. And, you know, you want to impress the senior blokes too. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think um, it's that whole, the people you surround yourself with, it, it rubs off on you. So, yeah. yeah, I used to get a real kick out of hanging out with like the Nigel Lappins and Luke Powers back in the day and just um, feeding off um, their professionalism um, and, yeah. and, and the work they did around, around training. And then, yeah, I just, I knew they were guns. <laughs> so I just, wanted to hang, I just wanted to hang out with them as much as possible and, and learn as much as I could. So it's probably something for, for anyone aspiring um, to be, you know, the best they are. Um, yeah, it, it, it so much revolves around the people you surround yourself with and, and what energy um, rubs off on you and, and their habits as well. So, um yeah, it's probably something you never think about at the time, but yeah, when you reflect on it, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a major part of it. Uh, let's take it to sort of in the middle of your career and, and everything like that. Besides the, obviously, the glandular, obviously a massive sort of injury and not probably not an injury people really think about as a, like an actual, an actual injury, but it really is, but in terms of your, in terms of your body, mate, arms, legs, and, and everything like that, what what was your, what was your biggest or major major injury there to, to do with your your actual body? Yeah, so I would have had, I would have had like maybe four or five surgeries on my knee, um, my right knee, yeah, um, and that was just just uh, meniscus to the point where there was, there was nothing left, and then um, they end up having to to drill into my, my, my bone marrow. Um, so then it kind of bled and formed a scab and then that ended up being my cartilage for the last couple of years of my career. Oh, wow. um, that, that one hurt a bit, but it kind of, it got worse when I, I broke my, broke my left leg and dislocated my ankle yeah. during, during a game. Um, and then that kind of, yeah, probably inhibited me from from the rest of my career, where you just you hobbled around on on one leg, um, and that I was lucky with that rehab, where it's usually you know a three month injury, mm. where I did it in round twenty two, so the or the last round or second last round of the season. Yeah, so I think I missed one game, and then I had whole preseason in a moon boot, um, did my rehab, and then I was ready to go round one. So I didn't actually miss <laughs> a lot of football, but. I I carried that injury where um, again I wasn't the best runner <laughs> um, to start with, and then I just I was I was hobbling around on one leg for a while, so um, and obviously inhibited um, the way you um, your lateral movement, and that so slowed me down a little bit. Where um, at the back end of your career, you need all the speed you can get to keep up with the with the young guys, and I was. Um, <laughs> They could get yeah, quicker. <laughs> I, they did. And I didn't need a broken a broken leg to slow me down. Um, no. to make me any slower. So yeah, that was probably that was one of the more challenging ones where, yeah, towards the back end of your career, you start thinking, oh, like, um, yeah, I'm I'm getting pretty slow now and and yeah, my movement isn't what it used to be. So yeah, just trying to f- 
find ways to be more professional and and get that get that edge so you could um, perform at 100 it it's an interesting one where yeah when i i reckon when i first started um people just carry injuries all the time into games like yeah. if you had if you had a niggle um yeah you'd always carry it and then um but i reckon at the end of my career and now that i see see the guys um who are coming through i reckon just and it might not be the case but how i see it is they're a bit more um sensitive where they won't carry injuries where everyone i feel because the game's so quick um and played at such a skillful level now you can't afford to be going in at you know 50 60 percent or carrying carrying a niggle because you get found out with the speed of the game and um, I think guys now you have to be pretty much um, at near near enough top level mm. um, to, to compete at a really high level. Just just from witnessing. Um, so I remember, and I could be wrong with this, but I remember Gary Ablett playing, and and you like you heard little things um, where mm. it's like, oh, he used to. I remember just hearing little things where it was like if Gaz isn't feeling 100%, he wouldn't play. But then you knew he competed at such a high level. Like I could, you could totally understand that he was on another level for everyone else was that. If he was at 70%, he'd still be better than anyone else. But yeah, I think um, how I read it is that, yeah, if you're going in, you know, 70%, you, you just, you're going to find it hard to compete with, with the guys now and, um, and how much they, um, and how how fast and fit and skillful everyone is, and the game moves so quick that yeah, if you're a little bit off, you're going to get found out for sure. Mm. It's, it's something that's sort of progressed over time. Probably you've sort of caught both ends of of like um, injuries happening inside um, the first, like people going into injury into games with uh, sixty or seventy percent, as you said, and then nowadays it's just everything seems a lot more professional is is probably the right word and oh maybe it's not the right word but it's more people are taking a lot more care of themselves these days because i think um people don't want to go into games as you said underdone because they'll get they'll get found out and you never know yeah. what's going to happen um in terms of those things and you also if you're heading in with an injury the chances of you doing the injury worse are very very high as well so it's like you just gotta um yeah if you are a little bit injured or sore, it's like just get yourself right. So then, yeah, you compete at, at that high level. Mm, definitely. Now, with with injuries comes comes rehab. Now, how were you as a, as a rehabber from 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 young days to 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 the end of your career? How did you? How were you as a rehabber? Were you were you good or were you? Always really really look forward to um to the rehab and. And getting better, and and like I said, I got a real kick out of being um, like super professional with that stuff. Where it was like, right, what else can I do? I know I've been given the program, but you know what? What else can I do to get better? And like, because there was that whole thing where if you got injured and they said, oh, it'll be um, the twelve week injury. It's like, right, how can I turn this into an eight week injury? Like, <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just, it was just like, right, what else can I do? Um, yeah. 
I understand it's a 12 week injury, but that's, that's for the normal person. Like what, what can I do it in? So um, yeah, I, I used to, I used to love just finding new ways on, on, on how to get back quicker and, and how to get back stronger and, and yeah, and do more than what anyone else ever did. Yeah. As, as I was chatting to um, Bo Waters, uh, an ex former yep. West Coast Eagle. And he's like it, the, the 12 week or the eight week or whatever they say is, is, is like a guide. It's not necessarily what, it's not necessarily how long it's going to take, but if you put in the work, it may take a little bit less time. So, so I think that was a that was something that resonated with me and him. And um, he's like, yeah, I, I know it's twelve weeks, but if I put in the work, I can get back in nine or eight or whatever. And I mean, it sounds like you you were the same and just wanted to to get back and do the work and and, and try and get back earlier than and just get out and play with play with your mates. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's um. The, the rehab group was hell. It was absolute hell. So basically what you, what you had to do is come to all the normal training sessions and then when everyone else goes home, that's when you start your training session. Oh. So it, it was like, and, and it was usually you're hoping there was a lot of people injured, but yeah, if there was no one injured, you'd be doing that on your own. So it's like you watch training and then you're off doing a run on your own or you you, you go into the swimming pool on your own and you do a gym on your own. So, um, yeah, it was pretty lonely uh, in the in, in the rehab group. But and, and that's probably part of the reason why I was like, if it's a 12-week injury, I don't want to be here for 12 weeks. I want to be here out of here as quick as possible. So, yeah, I, it was like, it was hell. Rehab was hell. Um, and But every as a player, everyone goes through it. So it, I suppose... Um, yeah, as a player, you always looked at the guys that were in rehab, particularly those guys that did ACLs and multiple ACLs. Like I'll, mm. I was super, super fortunate that I, I never did. But, yeah, you just feel for those guys with a 12-month injury, like how you mentally prepare yourself for something like that. Um, and if you're doing multiple ones, yeah, it, it, it was crazy that the strain and the – yeah, and the doubt that would have that would have caused for sure. At either end of your career, did you sort of confide in someone? Was there someone that was almost always there when you were injured? Or I mean, it's probably strange timing, but like, was there anyone always there when you were injured or anything like that? Or someone you sort of lent on um, in the rehab group or anything like nah, that? I, I think it's pretty important that your rehab coach um, has a caring way about him. I, I know. Um, at the Lions, we had Selwyn Griffin, who is now the head of SNC at Melbourne Demons. So um, he, he was an absolute star um, yeah. at his job and he just he had that empathy and, and care about him and he, he was good for a laugh as well. So I always found the rehab coach was super, super important um, to manage those guys in that space because, yeah, without doubt, those guys um, had mental challenges as well as their physical challenge to while while they're in rehab yeah no no definitely definitely and, and it's always good to have that sort of if you can build a really good rapport with them even though obviously you don't want to be there but if you can build a good rapport they're going to always want the best for you and um and then obviously you want the best for you so you, you've got you're attacking the one goal together so and that goes a long way for sure yeah 100 percent. obviously there's there's always young athletes as i've been talking about i know you've been about i'm sure this is probably where you'll go with the answer but what would what would you tell like a, a young a young player sort of 
who's about to get drafted or or goes through an injury, whether it be serious or um, minor, what, what's something sort of to, to keep with them? And I know you mentioned something before. Is that sort of what you tell them? Probably prepare yourself that you're going to get injured. <laughs> yeah. um, but a, a lot of it is prevention as well. So I, I know um, a lot of the clubs do it now, but the, the prehab where you, you're doing a lot of exercise to prevent injury, oh, it is so crucial and it feels very tedious to do it, but it's super, super important. Um, but then also, yeah, when, when you do get injured, probably that whole just ask questions, look for more to do, what more work can you do? And a lot of the times it might be, no, just go and rest. And it's like, okay, why am I, why am I resting? Should I be icing? Should I be putting heat on? Should I put um, the Normatec um, on for my legs? You know, um, <laughs> yeah. can, can I be doing Pilates? Can I, can I be doing any more stretching? Like, um, is there water running? Like, hydrotherapy? Like, there's just, there's so many things out there. And some of them are probably no good, but it's just asking the question, like, what more can I be doing? Uh, mm. Because, again, yep, there is uh, a base level of, of rehab and what you, what you can do that everyone else is doing, but it, it's about um, being as professional as you can be and, and getting back, back out there as quick as you can be. So, um, yeah, asking questions and finding out what more you can do. Yeah, perfect. No, that sounds like some. I could I could use with that use that advice <laughs> as well. I reckon. <laughs> get going with that. Get going with mine. Now, I understand you have you have you done a bit of coaching as well since you've since you finished. Yeah. So um, when I retired, I got involved with the AFLW, the Brisbane Lions team. So I was yeah. a coach um, their backline and forward line for about four years. So the first two years we made the granny, we lost it, um, and then. <laughs> After the fourth year, work got a bit too busy and I've got a young family as well. Mm. And I so I stopped coaching them. And then in the fifth year, they won. So I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I laid the foundations for that premiership. Or I could have been the jinx where they just had to get rid of me before they won. And then once I left... Uh, the door was open for them to win the competition. <laughs> not salty, not salty at all. <laughs> no, nah, not at all. Not at all. Oh, now, well, I mean, coaching as well. Like you see, you see plenty of injuries uh, as well and whatnot. And I'm sure you, you give the give the advice that you've just given um, to the listeners and, and and whatnot. When when you were coaching, did you see any? I mean, probably any gruesome injuries or any 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 big injuries that you sort of had to sort of calm a player down or, or anything like oh. that, or, or even even an ex-teammate may, may have been yeah. a shock to them. Did Have you seen any? I, th- I think the worst ones are concussions. Like concussions are the worst injuries I see. Um, mm. Where those head knocks are absolutely gruesome and, yeah, where people just don't know where they are and feel physically ill um, and, and helping. Yeah, I've had to help um, players off the field with that or even teammates where – yeah, it's just so worrying, um, the concussion stuff, um, long-term as well as short-term. So, yeah, it's, it's one you got to be super, super careful. And I'm, I'm glad they brought in some protocols where, um, yeah, it's a 10-day 10, 10 rest. Um, I think when, when you see um, your teammates get concussed and then get themselves up and play the following week, yeah, it definitely doesn't sit well. <laughs> When you're, when you're watching, you're like, mate, are you sure you're all right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they're the ones, yeah, that I'm, 
I'm most concerned with um, when you watch them. But um, from a really, really bad injury, um, I think that I think just the heartbreaking ones when when your teammates do, yeah do an ACL. I remember seeing a, a an opposition player, Michael Rishkatelli, do one for the Suns. He was actually an old teammate of mine and, and mate of mine. Like, and I was like, oh man, like I saw him do it, and it's yeah. just yeah, it's it's heartbreaking because you know what goes into it. It's twelve months on the sideline at minimum, and it's yeah, and the rehab's brutal. So yeah, I think I think. ACLs are definitely the worst ones. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I can uh, can resonate with that one. I actually had um, Riscatelli on the last episode of the of last year, and I actually got to hear about that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's never fun, and especially exactly watching a teammate knowing um, what you're thinking for them. Imagine what they're thinking, and and everything like that. It's it's just a it's so not it's not a great injury, and no, um, no, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's no. It's no fun and there's a lot of work in involved with it for sure. So um yeah, can imagine it's never easy. Now to sort of finish to sort of finish the podcast, what I like to do is a bit of a a bit of a draft. Uh so sort of keep the theme sort of AFL and yeah. all that all that type of stuff. And um, okay. so I thought today's draft we'd go sports in which if you could just turn pro tomorrow, all right. Yep. So we'll go. We'll go back and forth, and we'll uh, choose sports. We can't double up. So okay. Uh, if, okay. If, if you take one, I can't have it, and vice versa. So if you take one, uh, I can't have it. So do you want to kick okay. things off, or would you want me to? Uh, better let me kick it off. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. I'll let you go. Yeah, go for it. Uh, probably number one would be surfing for sure. Oh um, yeah, yeah, nice. Seeing oh, obviously seeing Kelly Slater as a forty-nine-year-old win pipeline the other day, pretty oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, that was insane, crazy, yeah, crazy. But um, I know they obviously train really hard, <laughs> those <laughs> boys. But I think um, yeah, what what a what a job, hey, what a job. Oh, get in the water, have a bit of. <laughs> I mean, it's not having a bit of fun, but it's like <laughs> it, it really is. Like I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I can imagine being so close. You, you'd love it. You'd love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. So good, good, good number one. Uh, I reckon, just for the pure of traveling and all that, I'd love to see what it's like to be a tennis player. I mean, I played. Yeah, a, nice. I played a lot growing up, but um, yeah, I reckon if if I had the chance to just turn pro and just travel around the world and get to play my favorite sport or or whatever, yeah, it, it'd be it'd be absolutely sick. So I think. I think tennis has got to be. I mean, although there's a lot of controversy in tennis at the moment with particular people, but uh, <laughs> I would yeah, hundred percent. But um, yeah, no, nah, I think I'd have to have to go with that one. What have you got? What have you got um, for me next? Going, going with that theme uh, of traveling the world, I reckon a golfer golfing would be, would be pretty good, and oh, you wouldn't have yeah. to be that that fit either. Like, <laughs> I, and you could play till you're like seventy, and um, yeah. yeah, and just. <laughs> clean up so um obviously i'm, I'm not a very good golfer and oh, understand neither. how difficult difficult it is but yeah. i think as a professional sport um yeah that would be easy living that's for sure <laughs> oh no doubt I, I mean i couldn't be a guy i'd slice too much so i won't be doing it i won't be getting on the course but definitely definitely for traveling for sure um now this is probably a theme that's what i watched on uh 
the other day. So it's sort of in my head. I'd love to be just like, uh, I'd love to be an NFL player. And just, there's so many different positions in that team that I could not get hit all year and still earn so much money. I could just be a kicker and just kick the ball and score points. And that's all, that's all I have to do. And I still get, I get to travel the States every now and then there's an like a overseas game and, you know, just be, just be a bit of fun, oh. I reckon. And I, I'm a, my Rams got up on uh, on Monday, so I'm very, oh, nice. very happy. So <laughs> keen watcher, but yeah, definitely, definitely an NFL player for sure. The the kicker would be a dream, although you'd be the outcast <laughs> of the team. So you probably oh, wouldn't yeah. have any mates, but um, <laughs> maybe still... the punter might be your mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, going along with that theme, NBA, like oh, yeah. um, biggest sports in the world. Yeah. I was wondering which one to go. <laughs> 100 percent, 100 yeah live the dream over there playing nba like obviously uh you don't you don't pay for money but uh yeah it'd be pretty nice to be <laughs> playing in the nba getting that sort of ridiculous money that they throw around so um <laughs> yeah and i suppose getting to hang out with unbelievable athletes as well and just a worldwide game yeah every kid's dream oh no doubt, no doubt. I'm big fan of the NBA as well, so definitely, definitely stole one there for sure. Um, now, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go something that I wouldn't usually, but I've been watching the the Winter Olympics, so I've gone, I'm, I'm on a theme. So, I, the whatever the, I'd love to be able to snowboard. So I think, <laughs> I don't think anyone knows this, but I, if I if I could get on the I could get on the snow uh, I'd definitely choose a bit of snowboard may not lead to as much uh, um, as many dollars but still going and competing in the, in the Olympics and and all that type of stuff would be would be really cool and probably not good for the, the three knees that I've done but hey we can scrap all that and just pretend that I haven't done them but um, yeah I reckon snowboarding would be a bit of fun just but even though I've never done it but you know why not I mean 100% I think um yeah, if that was your profession, like how good, how was that? Just again, tour the world. And yeah, well, yeah, true. Yeah, the, the best slopes. Like, geez, must be hard. Must be hard. That's it. I think we got. I think we got a couple more. Two more each. Two more. All right, two more. A um, little bit left to center, but I don't know if it's a sport, but I reckon a professional fisherman. Uh, oh yeah, would be yeah, yeah. would be unbelievable. Where Surely again, no, no, no training involved, um, <laughs> and sensing a theme here, sensing a theme. Yeah. <laughs> yes, doing as little amount of training as possible to become a professional athlete. That's my thing. <laughs> no, I love it, love it. That's good and nice and relaxing as well. That's that's the best part about it, I reckon. That, that's a, that's yeah, hundred percent. That's a good one. Haven't done too much fishing in my time, but definitely a good one. Uh, look, I was gonna. I'm gonna, I'll go with I'll go with cricketer. I'm a big I'm a big I'm a big fan of cricket, so I can't can't leave that one off off my list. So again, world traveling, um, even if it's just even if it's just domestic as well, playing for your state or anything like that. I think that'd be uh, pretty fantastic and probably one of my favorite sports. I could I can uh, live with just playing in the domestic, but Australia, you know, that, that if you need a Need a, need a slow right arm bowler, you know where I am. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We'll go with cricket. We'll go with cricket. And probably my last sport would be um, 
I reckon probably I've been a bike rider. I've got I've got um, oh, one yeah. good asset. I do I do have is uh, I got a big set of quaddies. so um, I think they will help me become a, a good professional rider. I'm probably thinking mountain biking um, uphill downhill uh, Ooh, yeah. biking, rather than rather than the Tour de France again endurance. Um, not my not my um, cup of tea. So probably the uphill, downhill. Uh, so work uphill, rest on the downhill would suit me to a T. That's for sure. <laughs> no, nice, nice. I can I can attest to that. The the big legs and, and everything like that. Definitely. That that's that's how I'm sort of that's how I build as well. So I can understand that. I can understand that the old uh, the quads and the calves and everything like that. That's uh, that's good. I like that one. Um, now to finish, I'm just going to go with a pure selfish one. Money hungry. I'm going to go with soccer or football, as they call it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've never played a game of it in my life, but I'm choosing it for choosing it for money. So you know, I mean, and, and you know what? And be a goalkeeper. I'm going to specify and be a goalkeeper. So yeah, I respect I was, that. Yeah. yeah, I was I was a goalkeeper once, maybe. Uh, in, in a school game, and I, I enjoyed that. So you know, I, I think I'll uh, I think I'll go with soccer to finish, or sorry, football for those uh, real passionate fans. Uh, <laughs> nice, mate. But yeah, no, nice that, that, top five. That, that's it. That's it. No, thanks for that, mate. Um, yeah, that that'll just about do us, mate. So I really appreciate you you coming on, giving up some time, and and providing a, a whole lot of insight about playing days and injuries, and and as well as the as the draft at the end there. So. Appreciate you coming on, mate. Too easy, mate. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, I pr- appreciate the chat. No, no worries, mate. Now, remember to like, share, and subscribe all our socials Facebook at Under Pressure Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Under Pressure One underscore, and to subscribe to the Under Pressure Podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast. We're on just about everything at the moment. Once again, I'd like to thank Dan for jumping on the Under Pressure Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you on the next.